Jeremy Jordan and Dave McCann here. On the latest BYU Sports Nation, we discussed our most blue-goggled takes right now about BYU men's basketball. Are the Cougars really a Final Four contender? On the next episode, we'll preview BYU's ranked road matchup at Texas Tech and visit with new football tight ends coach Kevin Gilbride. Listen on demand, Google BYU Sports Nation podcast, or tune in live at noon Eastern for BYUSN, always here on BYU Radio. Next on BYUSN, who is saying BYU has a 17% chance to make the Final Four, and how blue goggled is that? Gregor Bell on the Iowa State win, more chaos in the Big 12, and another big one at Texas Tech on Saturday. The football season continues for Cougars Keaton Slovis, Isaac Rex, and that guy Ryan Rico. Golden opportunities waiting for them at the Shrine Bowl. Plus, keeping up with the Joneses. Nice. Golfer Zach and Cooper Jones will sit down with us after they turn the St. George Amateur into a family reunion. We could take them, right, Dave? We could take them, but not in golf. But not in golf. Welcome to BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Sports Official Outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Good to have you. It is Thursday, January 18th. I'm Jerem Jordan. He is a guy who appreciates a good suit, Dave McKeon. I do appreciate a good suit, and I am not alone. And I've got video evidence of it. Let's show you right now. College Basketball Reference posted this uh, in their daily email, the top performers uh, Wednesday morning. So yesterday morning. One of these is not like the other. Here's what they put out. (laughs) Look who's in the middle. That's a man dressed for success. Spencer Johnson after his 28-point night against Iowa State. Now, when I think of Dress for Success, my dad sent me that book when I was at Rick's College. And, uh, it was, I didn't know you went to Rick's. Yeah, went there for a before year before, my, before my mission. Nice. And so I get, a, I get a package from home, and here's this book. And I open the book, and he went through it and underlined key things because he, <laughs> he wasn't impressed with my dress. And he That's said, hey, funny. look, this, this, and this. And, uh, and you know what? I read it. I put it to, to, into practice, and he was right. Always listen to your parents, number one. And in that aspect, uh, when we talked today about dressing for success, I thought, hey, wait a second. I've read that book. You know that. My dad gave it to me thinking, hey, this would help you out. Now, in the case of Spencer Johnson, to get on that list, he didn't have to read a book. He had to dominate. He had to score. And then he got the but middle, he... and he's in the suit. And so that's where you look. AP Elder Johnson looking good there. What a week for Spencer. I am, I am a, a child of two Ricks College Vikings uh, as well. So, yeah. Proud, proud to uh, rep Ricks there. You know, it was neither so of my cold. parents finished college, but uh, <laughs> here I am. I was so cold, I vowed never to return to Rexburg <laughs> after that year, yeah. and I have never since been back. Yeah, uh, and it's uh, from what I hear, it's still just as cold. It's still pretty cold, but a lot of kooks up in that area. It's a great, and a what they've done with it with BYU, Idaho, and and quadrupled the enrollment. It's 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 a it's a spectacular. Frankly, my favorite thing about the area is Bear World. What's Bear World? This uh, a couple months ago for the first time, unbelievable. Loved it. Unpaid advertisement. There you Air go. Air world. All I know is outside our apartment was a potato field, and we enjoyed the harvest uh, and ate more potatoes. You understood the scripture than... way better. Yeah. <laughs> All yeah. rise and shout. It's time for what's trending. BYU elite three-point shooting team. And the Cougars' best win of the season comes tonight. They have been. Elite defensively. Yes, they were on Tuesday. BYU taking down Iowa State at home, and now BYU takes on Texas Tech coming up Saturday. Two and two in the Big 12 so far, and BYU 14 and three overall. Yesterday, College Basketball Report on Twitter X posted the teams with the highest Final Four odds according to Torvik Basketball Metrics. Torvik gives BYU a 17.2. 
50% chance of making the Final Four. It caught our attention just by mentioning Final Four odds and having BYU involved. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute. Um, so based on this tweet, let's play a game where we make a statement and then ask how blue goggle is this. On a scale of 1 to 5, 1 is like, nah, I expect that. 5 is like, are you serious? This is so blue goggled. Oh, my gosh. So, so they're giving BYU a 17% chance of making the Final Four. Better than the number one ranked team in the country right now, UConn? You looking at that? Yeah, I'm look at at look at look at Big Twelve teams by the way, Houston, future Big Twelve. Arizona. Hey, and, and audience, this is them. This is not us. Where's Kansas on this uh, graphic, by the way? <laughs> why are they not on there? Where's uh, what is so this? I can understand why that got our attention. Like, wait, what? Yeah, okay. uh, the blue goggle alarm, which we have here at BYU TV, just went off. Um, okay, so alert. there it is. Blue goggle alert. We've got a few of blue these statements. Alert. So here we go. Blue goggle alert. BYU will have a five hundred or better record in Big Twelve games. How blue goggled is that? One to five. You know what? I think uh, I think I have it as a three, and our producer's going to have to help me. <laughs> you can have to check I gave the graphics. The list, but I think they're they're at five hundred right now. Can they stay there? Um, you know, of course, a five would be absolutely. Um, I'm not so sure, but but just being close to there gets them in the NCAA tournament, which yeah. is the goal. And so that's where I'm at. What are you? I put out a three. It's not like automatic, but it's not crazy. Um, yeah, the fact that BYU could be 500 better, yeah, it's a three. It's not like super high up on the scale for me right now. BYU's two and two at the moment. They're going to have a lot of tough games in the final 14 in league here. A three. It's not, that's not a crazy statement. We're going to get a little crazier here in a moment. Yeah, I think I went four now that I've checked my notes on that one. Graphics like, Dave said four, but then he said three. Yeah. <laughs> it's all okay. good. All right, next one. BYU will finish top four yeah. in the Big 12. How blue-goggled is that statement? I think that's a four. Uh, because top four would be super legit. Top four, Dave, you're like a three or four seed, man. You are up there. Could BYU be a top four seed in the NCAA tournament? That'd be amazing. This team certainly has the capability to do so. If they play like remnants of Tuesday, they, they could do that. But I don't expect Tuesday to be the norm. I expect Tuesday to be more of the norm when you're at home but can BYU steal a couple more on the road? Certainly. Oklahoma State, you hope. West Virginia, you hope. And then maybe those are the two others you get. And then you get uh, three others at home, and there's your at least seven. Um, so I, I go four. I don't think it's nuts, but it's going that direction. I'm, I'm looking for five, six, or seven for BYU in these standings at the end. I've got, I've got that as a five, like the total blue goggles. Whoa. Based on today where they're not healthy. Now, if Foos mm. is healthy and Trevin Nell's healthy, uh, even if Marcus Adams is healthy, um, then there's a team that could get to the top four in this league, a team that was picked to finish 13th out of 14 teams. So we're talking about a major leap. Um, and, again, they're at 500 right now, which is good. And they're not healthy. They've got to be healthy. So for this projection for me today to say they're going to be there in the top four, I think that's a, that's a blue-goggled thing because they're not healthy. Now, get yeah. them healthy, and then we can do this – Quiz a bit later, and, and the goggles might be different. Yes, they might be different. Last year, just looking at, again, 10-team league, not the 14-team league, to be in the top four, you would have had to be 11-7 and seven or better. Yeah. Last year. Uh, year before that, just for a reference, 10-8 um, and eight or better. Where 9-9 nine and nine got what? 9-9 nine and nine would have put place. you at about fifth place. Yeah. Yeah. And so, at BYU finished 9-9 nine and nine in league, which we were talking about this week, which would be phenomenal. It would be ecstatic. Then... Fifth, fifth place is a five seed, isn't it? Maybe even better. It'd be pretty good. Um, yeah, here's what it looks like in the standings. You got a uh, you know four 
way tie for first now. Houston, BYU, Oklahoma, Cincinnati, Iowa State, TCU, UCF, all two and two. And then there's West Virginia, Texas. Some of you are doing horns down right now in Orlando. Oklahoma State, 0-4. Texas at 1-3 is a bit of a shock right there, but that's what it looks like at the moment. It is very early. We are four games into 18, but so far so good for uh, BYU. Okay, next one. BYU will make the NCAA tournament. Yeah, How blue I, goggles is that? I got that as a one. Me too. One. It's it's going to happen. They're just sitting. They're just sitting right there with the net as high as it's been, a net that stayed high even as they've lost. Yep. Where where folks might think, well, the bottom's coming out now because they've lost two in a row and they fell one spot in the net. No. Now they're back up to four after beating Iowa State. If they get beat Saturday at Texas Tech on the road, a quad one, at worst they'll fall one spot. And then they play Houston coming in on Tuesday, who's, uh, what are they, two? Houston is one in net. One in net today. So if Houston comes into the Mary Center and beats BYU, what's BYU going to fall? One spot? They might go up. Yeah, they might actually go up. But BYU's four, so it's not like there's a lot of room And then it's like, what? And why do we care about the net? Because that's what the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee uses. That's what they care about. To... Fill up the field of 68. It's the sorting tool, as yeah. they say. And so it's important, more important than all the other numbers. Yeah. But um, New RPI with way, way better nuance to it. RPI is the worst. I can't stand RPI. So look I'm, at, look I'm at those numbers there. They, what's not to like about this? Lenardi has BYU at a five at the moment. Oh, let's go. I would take seven or better. Anything seven or better. I don't like eight, nine games at all. I don't think BYU will fall to a ten. But, uh, hey, Let's, let's go four, five, six, seven. You, you're supposed – three is too high for me. Like three would be amazing, but that is quite blue goggles. So I'm with you. I'm a one. It's happening. BYU basketball has done something football did not, which is kind of get into league and get like a big win. Yeah. Football, I think, next year starts to do that a little more, obviously, than they did this year. Cert- certainly beating Cincinnati and Texas Tech at home were nice. You caught Texas Tech on a good day when they're playing a third string. He coughs it up twice early in the game, and you take a big lead, and you win. That was great. So, yeah, I'm a one on that. And all these games help. UCF beating Texas helps BYU because BYU went to UCF and won. Better so win. So BYU had last night off, and their, their net was strengthened. Yes, because UCF that's goes. That's how this works. UCF goes to 67. They were 76. That's now a quad one win for right. BYU on the road. And now they have three. There's only a handful of teams that have three that in the entire country. That can say that, yeah. So the, the math is on their side. Oh, um, yeah. All right, here's one. Okay. It's going to go next level. BYU will make the Sweet 16. <laughs> How blue-goggled is that statement? I'm going four on that. Uh, BYU's only done that twice. It required the National Player of the Year in Daniel R. Ainge and James Taft for dead. Right. So I don't know Danny's middle name, what, what it, R, whatever it is. We'll have to look it up. Um, but it required, like, in a, a crazy good player. This is a great team, or a very good, I would say, team for BYU. You could argue great, top five net, come on. Um, I'll go four. Five is like the top of the top, right? But four is like, okay, all it requires is two wins, Dave. And as you brought up on the phone call this morning, and I agree with and have brought up on this program as well, great minds think alike, is that the key to getting the Sweet 16 isn't necessarily the performance in the tourney. It's getting a great seed so you play less competition, especially in that first round. In 2011, BYU beat a 14 and an 11 because Gonzaga upset 6 seed St. John's. Then they played a 2 and lost. There were no upsets. It was chalk. So if BYU can be, say, a 6 seed, you can play an 11, but then you're playing a 3. Like, you'd have to 
actually have an upset. So if BYU wants to make the Sweet 16, they kind of need to get to like the four range to be a little more comfortable with yeah. a 13 in the first round, and then you're playing a five where you're the better team in the second round. What made That's any, the key. What made 81 so great is that UCLA and the Notre Dame, and then they had to try to beat Virginia to go to the Final Four. Yep. And Ralph Sampson was 7-4, and Jeff Lamp made all these outside shots. And that's where that ended. But, but you're right. Uh, I call it the Duke theory. Mm. You know, all the years when Duke, well, they're just going to the Sweet 16. That's what Duke does. The umpteenth year under Coach Krzyzewski. And that they're great. But where they won those games was during the regular season mm-hmm. because they were always seated against these – Less than teams. Duke didn't have to be Duke until the Sweet 16. Yep. So if BYU can maintain, I have it as a 4-2. If BYU can maintain a, a, a seed in the tournament, which gives them the upper hand in those first two rounds, then why couldn't they get to the Sweet 16? But if they got to beat UConn on the second day. That's hard. And it usually doesn't work out. And yeah. it hasn't in the past. By the way, BYU was a 6 in 81. There were some real upsets there. BYU went through like some threes and twos, and had some real upsets. It was awesome. Okay, last but not least, BYU, Final Four contender apparently, 17%. How blue-goggled is that Wait, to, to have BYU in the Final Four? Well, if you ask the Bellarmine head coach, <laughs> who after the game against Huge BYU fan. said, that's the kind of team that can win the NCAA championship. They got size, they got length, they got shooters. Oh, they can all shoot. They run, they defend. And, and here's a guy who'd won 400 and some games um, and had just gone through six P5s. He had won a national four. title, right? Or, or has uh, been with Louisville when, with Patino. Yeah. Won it. So he yeah. knew he, he's Mr. Basketball from out of the Midwest. And so that's why his opinion resonated with us. Like, really, you're the first person that has ever said that uh, after a game. And BYU beat him pretty good. But, uh, so that's the first time we started thinking, what? Uh, I've got it as a high five because it just – just hasn't been done before. Yep. Not impossible, but magic, magic has to happen. Once you, once you earn the seed that gets you to the Sweet 16, then you need some magic. And we've seen the last couple of years teams catch that and get there. FAU, the most recent one. Even San, San Diego, Diego State. State. Um, Relatable team there. And it's tough to predict magic because that just happens, if you ask Austin Collier. It just happens. And, uh, On and, and so, off the field. So you've got to get into the, you actually got to get into the tournament to have magic happen. So I got it as a five. But uh, it's not outside of the, of the realm of possibility, which is, which is why it's fun to talk about. Can I say like 74 or something? Just, <laughs> Final Four would be amazing. I'd take a Sweet 16. I'd take one more win, uh, you know, after an initial win in the NCAA tournament. Right now, by the way, um, what's our expectation for Buick? Win one game in the tourney right now, probably? Get two and win one game. That, expectation? That would be, yeah. Whereas earlier in the season, it would be just get to the tournament. And now it's like, well, now yeah. you're there. You should win. When the season started, I was like, just make the NIT. This is going to be a hard year. It's a big one. Yeah, this team has overperformed so far. Let's keep it going. Our question of the day is this. What is your most blue-goggled take about BYU men's basketball right now at BYU Arnold's on X? BYU finishes in the top four of the conference and earns a double bye in the Big 12 tournament. That would help, too. Could you, could you somehow get to, like, the semis of the Big 12 tournament? You've got a couple of big games what, what if BYU is playing on Saturday night in, uh, in Kansas City? That would be amazing. It would be fun. Uh, Andy Reid's there watching the game. You know, of course he is. It could all be great. James Teal on Facebook. BYU should be undefeated in Big 12 so far. We well had two bad eggs. Well then. Luckily, it's not too late at all. We're definitely a top four or five Big 12 team and maybe better. Mm. I d- don't feel the same way. Uh, didn't, bad eggs are you get blown out to me. 
Yeah. Cincinnati, you're in that game. It gets away from you at the end. Baylor, you're in that game. gets away from you at the end. I think the last two trumped the first two. And there were opportunities sure. there. And there were opportunities to lose on the road at, at UCF. Very, but, um, very much so. But you know what? Two and two. Yeah. It's, we're, we're not going to be 4-0. I'm happy at 2-2, two and two, man. Yeah. This is a tough league. BYU's won two in a row. These are quad one wins. One was a top ten net win. Let's go. Okay, time for the Big 12 roundup. Had three games yesterday in the league. And the winning team all scored 77 points in all three. That is weird. That's only brought up here and in Vegas. Uh, the big one last night. Which Houston. you encapsulate both. Yeah. Houston <laughs> blew out Texas Tech. Uh, not a surprise that Houston won. They're playing at home and they had a tough week. Yep. Um, a little surprised at how they did it holding the Red Raiders to 54 points. Yeah. But uh, it's Texas Tech's first loss of the season. Timing's not great for BYU because now Texas Tech has been out of shape. They're going home, and they're hosting the Cougars on Saturday night. Okay, number 15, Oklahoma. Took it to West Virginia by 14. Shot 64% in the second half. Pulled away. Uh, OU 2-2. Two two, West Virginia 1-3. Oklahoma at Cincinnati. West Virginia hosts number three, Kansas. UCF last night beats Texas 77-71 in Austin. How about that? The uh, Moody Center. What a big surprise. They had to come back. They were down 15. Texas is very much in play. To every team now, and that's a yep. surprise. They were in yep. the top 25 a week ago, and now they're just hanging on at one and three. They got a game, an early Saturday game coming around the corner in Provo. Yep, that's that one is now certain. Saturday the 27th. That Huge week next certain. week. Houston and Texas in Provo. Yeah, the best, I, the biggest of the weeks. I'm not used to this schedule, so I'm still like in positive shock and awe of like, sorry, who's coming next week? That's amazing. So that is, uh, that is what happened last night in the Big 12 Roundup. And we talked about the standings. BYU in a tie fifth right now at 2-2. Two and two. It's a fun time. It's a fun time. It's dang cold outside. We're so far from football season, and yet we're sitting here having a good time. That's, that's it. How, that's men's, ba- men's basketball gets us through uh, the winter, and women's basketball and men's volleyball and gymnastics, all of it. BYU basketball with Mark Pope, in fact, will be back. Tonight, head coach and point guard Dallin Hall. What a game for Hall. The other night, no recap, BYU's dominant win over Iowa State. And look ahead to the Red Raiders on Saturday. You can watch it 8.30 Eastern time on BYU TV's app and ESPN+. Plus. Jason Shepard filling in as a host tonight. Coming up, your favorite Canadian, Greg Rubel, and the sustainability of the free throw display we saw Tuesday and what's his minimum threshold in Big 12 play to still make the NCAA tournament. This is BYU Sports Nation. Robinson for three, and that's good! Clean block by Atiki. Three-pointer left side, good again! Trevin Nell for three, he got it! Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Jim Jordan, Dave McCann with you in Studio B on this Thursday. Thursdays in Big 12 play are the slow day. Oh, no games, you know. It's never slow, though, when you're in the Big 12. We had games last night. We got games coming up on Saturday. Yeah. And to talk about them, we bring in the voice of the Cougars, Greg Bell. Greg, four games into Big 12 play. How's it, how's it been so far for you to these new venues, new teams? Uh, it's been pretty fun so far uh, watching the games. It's been as enjoyable as I would have expected it to be. And by the way, without any coordination, Navy, Navy, and Navy today. That's how we roll here. Thursdays are Navy. It's Thursday. <laughs> yeah. It's a Navy Thursday. We're sitting in royal seats. Yeah, it seems yeah. to be a nice place. By the way, it, it, yeah, no, it, it, it's unbelievable. It, every night, you know, every time Mark Pope sits down with us, and, and I think it, he feels more this way after wins, of course, but just he's, you know, how much fun is this is the vibe you get from him. And it really is. I mean, every night, 
you've got to be your absolute sharpest. You know you're in for an absolute grind, a fight, and a battle. And it's been that way four games, and I expect it for two more times. And it's been a thrill, yeah. The swing of emotion's interesting because a win is, is we're all going to Disneyland, and, and a loss has everyone, especially the coaches, going, oh, this is the worst thing ever. Um, and, and it's just a separation of a couple of points with the same guys. But it's a different feel to me, Dave, from WCC days. If you lost to the wrong team in the WCC, you were bumming. You know, it meant a lot. And there are no wrong teams right. in, in the Big 12. You know, uh, every loss, generally speaking, is a good loss. Mm -hmm. There could be some net fluctuations where you might have a sub-100 net loss that doesn't look as good as others. But for the most part, when you lose in the Big 12, uh, it's not uh, back to the drawing board, what are we going to do? It's pick up, move on, let's go. You know, it's that good a league. And so it feels different that way. There's a, in, in the WCC, it was much more risk than reward. Yes. Uh, the risk being you lose to the wrong team. Yes. And in, in the Big 12, it's much more reward than risk. Uh, you're rewarded even sometimes in your setbacks because of how good the competition is. At the end of the regular season last year, BYU loses, you know, around then to Pepperdine. And I said, the good news is that will never happen again. What just happened is the unexpected loss on the road. Now, it, if you went on the road, you probably had to upset somebody. But this BYU team, since Ned has come out, has been in the top five the whole time, yeah. Greg. This has been a really impressive run, and I don't think BYU is going to fall outside the top 30 in net the whole time. There'll be a quad one for everybody. Which, taking maybe fast forward just to a bit of a discussion we might be having here in a minute or two about, you know, how do you make the NCAA tournament out of the Big 12 in terms of what record gets you in? I think it's less about record. Um, let's look to last year, for example. Uh, a 7-11 and West Virginia team got in over an 8-10 and 10 Oklahoma State team. Oklahoma State finished ahead of West Virginia in the standings, but West Virginia was a top 25 Ken Palm and Net team. West Virginia, or Oklahoma State was in the 40s. So I think even now, we'll look less maybe at the record. Is it 500? Is it unfair? And where, where do they stand still in those, in those Net and Ken Palm rankings? Because West Virginia showed at a seven, four games under 500. You know, can you expect that every year in every league? Maybe not, but in that year, because of what they did, it worked for them. So that's yeah. why I'm kind of hesitant to put a, a, a number or they need this many wins or above or below 500. Let's just kind of see where they sit in the overall picture because, uh, you know, you could lose two or three games in a row and they might not kill you in the yeah. net or the Ken Palm. Two years ago, to that point, Iowa State did that as well. They were 7-11 and went to the Sweet 16. Yeah. And, and given that BYU's net and Ken Palm is so good, it feels like BYU could be in that space where if they went 7-11, perhaps that could be the minimum threshold or something. It feels like if you go beyond that, that might be a little much. But we've seen, yeah. we've seen a 7-11 work. Right. So now, you, now I almost kind of count down where it's like get at least five more. And you go 5-9, and nine, like you've got a great shot, which is very different of a business model than we've been used to in the WCC where it has been risk-award. And that's fun because you're like, okay, at home – take care of business here and there, and then you've got a couple of games on the road that feel more winnable than others, but you never know in the league in Oklahoma State and West Virginia, but hey, yeah, you get at least five more, you're feeling right. pretty and good. Whether it's today or two or four weeks from now, 500 in the, in the, in the Big 12 is a good place to be. <laughs> yeah. This is a reflection of the genius of the, of the preseason schedule because BYU entered the Big 12 with a top five net. They didn't have to earn the net number in the Big 12, and, and it's, as we've seen these teams do over the past, it's, it's so easy to maintain your net number than to go get your net number. Mm. You know, when, when you're sitting at 92 in the net, you've got to beat Gonzaga just to jump up into the top 50. Yeah. 
Well, if you're already number three in the net and you get beat by, say, Utah on the road, you fall one spot. And now you go into a league that only supports the net number. And for the first time in forever, BYU had a net number that said, bring it on. Make it stronger. Not that you're gaming the system, but the Big 12 makes it a lot easier to, to again, maintain as opposed to have to make big jumps in in, in conference play. And again, what BYU did out of the league is really impressive because to get the numbers they did, they had to not just beat teams. Mm -hmm. They had to throttle teams and do so efficiently, and they kept doing it night after night after night. Tuesday, we saw a different version of a win for BYU. Um, Yes, they had the threes. Yes, they had the assists. They got to the line a lot. And this was something that you had tweeted about that was a a big focus was, wow, the foul disparity and the free throws were an issue. And to me, I was like, this is not sustainable to have success. Yet BYU changed that. So how sustainable do you feel like um, a game like that is where BYU got to the line a lot more? Yeah, I think they will get to the line more frequently in the Big 12 than out of league. Um, it wasn't necessary necessarily out of league. They're still last nationally in, in percentage of points scored on free throws. And they're near the bottom nationally in free throw rate. That is free throw attempts per field goal attempts. But the number's already ticked up in league. Uh, in, in league, there, there are three teams getting to the line less frequently than BYU through four games. And BYU is a good free throw team when they get there in league. They're, they're fifth in the conference in, in free throw percentage. So they're, they're already doing more. They don't have to do a ton more, but they're doing a little more because the whistle's different, and they're getting used to it. They're learning about the whistle in the Big 12. It's a very downhill league, and BYU's not as downhill a team as others, but they can still do it. I mean, it's not that BYU avoids the rim. If you watch BYU, they get to the rim. It's just how they draw their fouls. And because of the high volume of threes, you're going to get fouled on fewer threes than you will, too. That's just a fact. But we showed, or BYU's already shown that they can do it more frequently, maybe not as frequently as other teams, but they'll do a little better than they have been. And that's just a function of league play and the whistle. So I think there's already some positive signs developing. But keep in mind, uh, Houston won last night big against Texas Tech. Houston took three free throws. I mean, didn't need it. it. <laughs> it's, it's not so much how many free throws you get. It's, yeah. it's how are you scoring your points? And if you're going nuts from the three-point line, you're more than happy to outscore a team from the three-point line as, as opposed to the free-throw line. How are you scoring your points and what's working on a given night is much more important than raw free-throw attempts or free-throw makes. As long as you're not shying away, and as long, BYU is a really relentless and aggressive team. I mean, they go hard. And as a function of going hard, there will be nights where you have higher free-throw nights. And until the very, very end of the game, BYU was the better uh, free-throw drawing team against Iowa State got some late, late free-throws that were inconsequential. But for the most part, BYU held and managed that category. At the same time, they were outdistancing themselves from the Cyclones from the three-point line by a wide, wide margin. It was a really good match for BYU, too, because Iowa State's profile was they'll give you the three-look and that's what BYU took advantage of because that's who BYU is. Those foul shots are an indicator, too, of what kind of game we're going to have. Is it going to be 57-52 or is it going to be 90-70? to 90 to 70? Because these teams, like Iowa State came up and tried to be so physical. And, um, and they spent time moving their bodies around and throwing elbows and fighting. There were a lot of hard fouls. And Richie Saunders got, uh, you know, decked on, on, a, on a stupid foul from, from Iowa State. But that was the mentality they brought in was like, Let's, let's do what Cincinnati did. Let's try to push BYU to the edge physically. But you can't do that when you're behind. And so BYU hits those threes, and they're still trying to be physical. Now they're down 10, and they're not even quite sure who to guard. Yeah, and, and BYU is a hard guard 
for everybody. Mm -hmm. They're a hard team to defend. The way they move the ball, where the passes can come from, just the, the sheer volume of threes and being out to so many good shooters, everyone takes them and everyone can make them. Uh, BYU is as tough a, a scout for any other team as any other team may be for BYU in terms of a scout. And in terms of, uh, you know, losing Dawson Baker is tough because he was good off the dribble, but the ball movement of BYU is special, and the offensive numbers have, have shown that. It's been fun. Texas Tech, uh, you know, coming off a tough loss where they lost big at Houston, but that is going to be a tough game uh, in Lubbock. What do you expect in that matchup in the next one? Yeah, teams don't shoot a lot of free throws against Texas Tech. They're, 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 they're one of the top ten teams in the country in, in lowest free throw rate against and they're, they're bottom 10 in terms of percentage of points scored on them against free throws. So don't expect this to be the night where you shoot 30 free throws, not against this team. Again, Houston shot three and still won big. What Texas Tech does, similar to Iowa State, not to the same extent, is they allow a lot of points on threes, and they allow a high three-point attempt rate. And so I know the, a team that likes that. Yeah, so, so this week is actually a good matchup for what BYU does and does really well in both Iowa State and Texas Tech. We'll see how it plays out on, on Saturday. We can eat an inside game on the road. It seems like every team does. Where's Fusat with his hamstring, and is he expected to play on Saturday? Yeah, I, I think the chances are actually not terrible because uh, Tuesday in our pregame chat, um, Coach Pope was, was ruling Fus out, and then a few minutes later he's out there warming up and in uniform. You know, Trevin Nell was in sweats, so you know, when I talk to Coach Pope, yeah, we're not going to have Trev, not going to have Fus tonight. Uh, and then Trev's in sweats, as we expected. But then there was Foose warming up, went through yeah. the entire warm-up. And, was, and, and so and after the game, you know, even Coach Pope said, oh, I was a little bit surprised that he actually felt like I could do this. But he said, man, if I can get through this game, if I can somehow get through this game and not have to use him, that's what I'd like by a few more days. And so I think, you know, you, you buy a few more days, and, and maybe Foose is more likely to, to see the floor Saturday against Texas Tech. We'll see. And hopefully Trev and Nell as well. So, yeah, well, yeah, the good yeah. thing, I think, with Trev is, is they ruled out a lot of the really bad stuff that could have mm -hmm. uh, happened as a result of the injury. So it's not as bad as they thought, and so more short-term than long-term, and, and that's great news. But, man, alive. Uh, let's, let's just go back and applaud BYU for, for doing what it did against Iowa State with essentially a seven-man rotation. Yep. Uh, I mean, that's, losing, losing Foose and Trevin for that kind of game, any game in the Big 12, that's going to be a hit. But they didn't take it like it's going to be a hit. Let's, let's, just, let, let's go, let's pick it up, and, and, and everybody came to play. And they, had, they really needed that against Iowa State. And so I'm just so impressed by the fact that they can lose two really key players and, and win a game going away against that team. Again, you don't do that. Against Iowa State, I mean, we've already talked, it's been on Twitter, et cetera, but T.J. Otzelberger had never allowed 87 points in a game at Iowa State. 81 was the high this over two and a half seasons. You know, and, and you don't get 21 Crazy. assists against, against Iowa State. You don't even have a series of 11 turnovers against Iowa State. BYU did all those things. So what's the most impressive number? I don't know. Is it 87? Is it 21? Is it 11? They did all the things no one does against Iowa State, and they did it without two really important players. I mean, what a huge accomplishment. Yeah. Big time, winning the Ezra Taft Benson Bowl. Yeah. He, got, he got his Master's there. That's big. BYU, and, BYU and won from, the Benson Bowl. And the hotel game, you know, Marriott versus Hilton. <laughs> yes. And, and so uh, it'll, the BYU will be at Hilton here in, uh, in March. Exactly. Yeah. Next big test is Saturday. Thank you, Greg. Love it. Thank Greg you. Greg and Mark will have the coverage. BYU Radio, BYU at Texas Tech. Saturday night, coverage starts at 5 Eastern time. You almost forget, another top 25 matchup. Let's go. I know, I know Tech lost, but uh, another top 25. Let's go. After the break. Which Cougars are headed to the East-West Shrine game? That guy. Where does BYU football rank in overall NFL production? And Texas didn't like the horns down last night. No, this they did is not. BYU Sports Nation. No, they did not.
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Follow BYU Sports Nation on social media for content throughout the day on Facebook, X, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Welcome back to Studio B. I'm Jeremy. He's Dave. Time for today's headlines. Let's go. BYU quarterback Keaton Slovis, tight end Isaac Rex, and punter Ryan Rico all accepting invites to play in the 2024 East-West Shrine Bowl. The game will be played February 1st in Frisco, Texas. We'll have more on this in just a moment. Isaac Rex uh, making, the, making the rounds with the All-Star game. He was in the Hula Bowl. Yep, right? Saturday. Awesome. Women's basketball lost 82-50 at Oklahoma State last night. 25 turnovers became 38 points for the Cowgirls. Lauren Gustin had a double-double. Of course she did. 10 points, 10 boards, meaning she's only four rebounds away from the BYU all-time record, which she should set Saturday against Texas Tech in Provo. Dave McCann on the call. That's going to be something, and it should be done at home, and it looks like it will be done at home. The Big 12 preseason coaches poll for softball is out. BYU's picked to finish seventh out of the ten competing schools. The reigning in back-to-back national champ Oklahoma is number one, Texas right behind them. It'll be good when both of them leave the conference. Cougars start the new season February 8th against Kansas City, Missouri at the Paradise Classic in Hawaii. I will always be grateful to Texas and Oklahoma because they're the reason BYU's in the field. Absolutely. Just always. But it'll be nice to see them uh, moving on. <laughs> Thank you and goodbye. Swimmers Brad Prolo and Tanner Edwards each earned Big 12 honors for their performances at the Denver Tri-Meet last week. Prolo, co-swimmer of the week, won the 200 fly, 100 breast, and Edwards was named the newcomer of the week after winning the 100 fly and helping BYU sweep the four relay events. Those are today's headlines. Now let's whip it. Google Whip Brand is presented by Marish, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Which of the three players going to the Shrine Bowl could help their draft stock the most? Slovis, Rex, or uh, Rico? I think Rex is on the radar. I think Slovis needs some help. Didn't have the year he wanted or BYU wanted, right? Ryan Rico, I think, is good to go. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll say Slovis on this one. I don't think either of the any of the three will be drafted at this point. Perhaps Rex in a later round. But, uh, yeah, it's great that they got this invite because it's a chance to showcase and get in front of GM. It's important for Slovis to be able to show that he's healed and that he his arm is alive again and he can zip it around, which we hadn't really seen since after Arkansas when he got hurt. Then he held on for as long as he could before those last four. So I hope yeah. I hope for Keaton he gets a big chance. Joey's healthy and just give him an opportunity as an undraft free agent. At Deke Sports on X has been posting which college football programs produced the most production in the NFL in 2023. He's got his criteria. He says BYU has the eighth most of any program. He's taken into account offensive and defensive numbers. Eighth is pretty good. What do you make of these numbers? I'll tell you, these numbers support what is discussed every Monday morning on this show is how many Cougars did amazing things in the NFL the day before. And it seemed like it was every week. Certainly Fred Warner, number 54, leading the way. But if it wasn't Taysom, it was Puka, it was Fred, it was Kyle Van Noy, and on and on and on. These numbers support the fact that BYU is all over this league, and they are not just performers, these are producers on the field. And it's been a special season. In the way he quantified it, to be number eight among all colleges' production in the NFL is incredible. Obviously highlighted by Puka's spectacular year and Fred's First team All Pro year as well. Van Noy's what nine sacks, you know, which is good. which is also awesome on a number one seed. As mentioned earlier, Texas lost to UCF at home last night. 
Uh, afterwards, Longhorns coach Rodney Terry got bent out of shape at UCF Players because he saw them doing the horns down yeah. thing during the handshake line. Uh, what do you make of this? I wish the UCF players would have just done the horns down away from the line. If they want to do that somewhere else, I have no problem with that. They respect Texas so much they got excited about the win, right? But um, I, I agree that kind of near the line is maybe not the ideal spot, but leave that, head towards your tunnel, do horns down, and then you're good. Look, the good I think news, you would have been fine The good there. news for Texas is they're moving to a league where the fans are so sensitive. They're very understanding. That they the will SEC. not even think about doing the horns down all over the SEC. <laughs> are they crazy? Remember they when it was a penalty? This. They create, it's like, you know what? We're going to put a bunch of fire ants here, and then we're going to stir them up. And then we're going to keep stirring them up. And you know what? They've made it so bad that everyone's going to give them the horns down because of them. And UCF's new in the league. You're, you're one of the big dogs in, in collegiate athletics. Maybe the big dog in terms of brands. Like, you're, you're asked for it a little bit. The horns got to get over themselves. Yeah. And it's not going to happen in the SEC. The no. horns will be down the second they take any field in that league. Yeah, I need more cowbell from Mississippi State, <laughs> not less. Let's go. Okay, we were hoping women's hoops would win last night and Lauren Gustin would possibly break the record. Neither of those happened. But, hey, you're on the call Saturday, so selfishly, we're rooting for you to have that opportunity to see that. How did you balance the disappointment of the loss but the excitement that the record would be done at home Saturday? Watching the game, they were so outmatched physically. Um, it was just one of those kind of games mm. that you expect to see as a newcomer going into the league, especially undersized, uh, on the road against a team with size and a team that's good, and, and that game was over in the second quarter. Okay. Uh, and, and they boxed out Lauren pretty good. Um, but BYU didn't play very well at all. Pretty good is 10 rebounds, yeah. by the way. Yeah, that is pretty good. <laughs> Below our average. So I, what I like is that they come home, chance to regroup, uh, a chance for Lauren to break Tina Gunn's record in the Marriott Center, in Provo, where so many of those rebounds have come. Chance to be with family and friends and, and have a good time. And also try to beat Texas Tech, who, by the way, beat a top 25 team in Iowa State uh, yesterday. So the Red Raiders are coming, feeling like they're moving in the right direction, too. So it adds some drama to a game that's going head-to-head -head against the men's game. Uh, uh, at the same time, we're on ESPN+. Plus. The men are on ESPN2, I think, or you. One of those I just know on, BYU Radio on day. Saturday. So, anyway, there's a reason to yeah. check in and watch Lauren Gustin make history. Yeah, bummer to lose and lose in that way, but excited for Lauren to do it in front of the home crowd. That's going to be a special night for Lauren and her family. Hey, on this week's Her Why podcast, Lauren McClain is joined by BYU soccer goalies Savannah Mason and Haven Empey. Talk about competing against each other, finding joy in seeing each other grow, serving missions. Of course, they're doing a lot of winning. Listen wherever your podcasts are found. Coming up, the Jones brothers, Zach and Cooper, join us in the studio. They just took top two in the uh, St. George Amateur. Dave, we said we could take them, but not in golf, not which in is golf. still true. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. Just, just a touch of class here with golf conversation now. Warms things up. Yes, it does. It really warm. does. As we welcome in the Jones brothers, of course, Zach and Cooper. What's up, guys? How you doing? How's it going? Great. We've had you in studio several times. Cooper, first time for you, man. First welcome, time, yeah. man. Thank you. It's good to have you. You guys sound the exact same, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Do people tell you that? 
Like you have I mean, a similar look, voice. We look similar. Yeah. I yes. don't know if we get the voice a lot. The voice. I'm hearing the same. Bo- I, I don't know. So I'll just close my eyes and guess who it is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you guys just played in the uh, St. George Amateur. When it's golf, I say amateur. In real life, I say amateur. Yeah. Do you guys do that too? You can amateur? Say amateur too. If you oh, want. now it's we're really getting fancy, right? <laughs> you guys went one and two. Uh, remind me who won. That, that was me asking. That would be you. I, I okay, awesome. What, what was that like to uh, to win that and you beat the entire Why field? Why would you do that your to brother? your brother? Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> we, we've competed a bunch in these local Lambda events before, so it's it's maybe not the first time I've I've beat him, but it's good It's good to go back and forth. It's fun. How, how many times are we talking here? Well, I, don't, I mean, we play in so many. Uh, it's probably about 50-50, but when it's like tight head-to-head, I don't know. You got me San Hall last year in a playoff. That was tough. Yeah, mm. I did beat in, in a playoff. playoff. In a playoff, wow. yeah. I chipped in on 18, he made eagle on 17. We were to play after they beat me, so that was tough. Wow. But then this year, too, it was tight. We were down the stretch, yep. kind of head-to-head. But Sometimes it's not fair when you're the older brother and you beat your younger brother because your parents are like, hey, take it easy on him. He's just coming along. Don't be too hard on him. What is it like when the younger brother beats the older brother? It's like you get a high five. Yeah. Ah, go get him. <laughs> yeah. Got him. Honestly, I don't know who they're cheering for at this point. I think we're, <laughs> we're probably close enough in skill where it's it's 50-50 now, but it's funny. It's good to it's good to beat the older brother and now you compete on the same team which is fun you yeah. you've known that you know Coop was going to come here and play but what's it like now yeah I mean he the plan was never really to come here he was going to go on a mission right after high school mm-hmm. but he had a really good summer our team was looking pretty good so we're like hey let's play together a year see how see how it is and it's been really fun it's been cool both of us want to play a little bit better which will make it more fun but it's been a it's been pretty cool traveling together practicing together just doing school together everything uh, it's definitely new for us because we didn't play high school golf together. We didn't match up quite yet, so it's been cool. Well, there's snow all over the place here, and it's cold. So yeah. how do you actually play golf together here in the off season to get ready for the first tournament coming up? Yeah, luckily BYU has a, a great indoor facility for us over at Fox Hollow. So we just we does we, it work indoors? Can you I get mean, better indoors? It does. We've we've used it to our advantage. We work on our mechanics and. I mean, you can hit balls out, outside. It's into the snow, hard to see sometimes. But yeah. we got we got technology in there to help us get better throughout the winter while the snow. In the around. spring, like the snow melts, and you're like, oh, that drive back in January was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> pick, them all, pick up all the balls, <laughs> yeah, hit them again. And then you guys go down to St. George and Vegas. You've said a lot to make sure you're good, because people see this as this big disadvantage, right? They talk yeah. about in baseball and softball sure. and golf. Yet BYU has successful programs. So what is it about the winter that makes you? Uh, still successful despite not being able to play locally. I think one thing that's hard with golf is when you're playing tournaments all the time, sometimes it's hard to like go and work mechanics like or make a big change because mm. you're like, man, I've got a tournament next week or I'm playing today. So the winter, we use it as a time to like, okay, what did I want to improve over the fall? And now it's like, okay, I've got three months, three, four months where I can just focus on this. And then we go to St. George, you know, on the weekends and Vegas on the weekends just to get on grass and to play some golf. But, yeah, I mean, last year we came out, I mean, we won Hawaii, which was we were still in snow here. That was one of our best tournament finishes, kind of got us going. And everyone was asking us the same thing, like, man, you guys are back home in snow. Like, how are you guys playing well? Um, and we're hoping kind of the same thing this year. Guys have making big jumps. Hopefully it shows up on the course, you know, in the next couple of weeks. Well, last week you had 18 birdies over two days. You had nine birdies in a row. Yeah. Yeah. How do you do that? I've been playing my whole <laughs> it's life. amazing. I, I don't have any of that going are you just guys in the groove yeah what? it's funny people a lot of people are like man like when i start when i make like a couple i get nervous to like make a bogey and we're like as soon as you make a couple in a row you're like 
excited to make a birdie, to make more. Like, I was, my teammate was in front of me. He'd made five in a row. I'd made four in a row. And I knew there were some birdie holes coming up, so I just had to birdie, like, a couple hard holes in between to keep the streak going. But I was looking to get nine and then, you know, hopefully ten. But it was cool. I'd just go right to my car after the night and drive home. I wouldn't wouldn't even finish the problem. The problem is I was still one shot behind him, so I had to keep going. going. I ran out of steam. So you're seeing him on this tear, and yet you're beating him. So how does that compute? Yeah, I mean, I I started the day with a three-shot lead, but. It's funny because I don't get any credit, but I was I had six birdies in those nine holes, just, just barely <laughs> yeah. creeping. But out it wasn't it. nine. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. quite nine, but but it's good. I You're mean, getting credit today. Yeah, your PR person didn't actually tell us no, that. No, no. no. Are you it's, are you guys super competitive? Are you happy for each other? Are you in the moment? It's and a then weird later, mix. like how is it? It's a, we're really competitive. Yeah, like our family is extremely competitive. We have four four brothers in total, and we've always grown up just competing. But, like, at the same time, you're happy. If I'm going to get beat by somebody, I'd probably you're prefer okay to be that? him. I don't like hearing it at home, but <laughs> it, is, it is good for us to both be playing well. And we're teammates, so. How have you uh, just magically brought that up uh, since, since the weekend? Has yeah. it, it just come up naturally? To be honest, I just let it sink in him. I don't, I don't have to bring it up. But if, if there becomes, we argue a lot. If, it, if there's an argument, I'll, I might throw it out there. Does Danny Ainge come out and play with you guys sometimes? Yeah. When it's warm. When it's warm. When it's warm. Yeah, he's not. Because I noticed he wore the white version the of that hat at the no, jazz game the other day. He's got all the sweat. He's a, he's a, he's a good one. A fair weather golfer. Yeah, Literally the fair weather, yeah. <laughs> but when the weather's fair, he golfs every day. He yeah. does. Or at least he six days a week. That's the, for sure. The next tournament's coming up in Tucson, uh, Monday and Tuesday, the 29th and 30th. What are you looking forward to the most, Zach, about getting back out on the uh, winter semester schedule? Here? Yeah, I'm just excited to see how the team comes out of the winter. Like we said, it's a little different. Um, it can be a little rusty when you first go out, but we're going to head to our first tournament a couple days early so we can get two practice rounds, get on course, and then hopefully have a good season. I mean, we kind of had just a mediocre fall. We kind of stayed in the rankings where we were at, but we're looking to have a jump, stay within that top 50 so we can get into a regional. Um, and then being in the Big 12, it's going to be fun. to. We're in some big tournaments this, this spring, so it's exciting. Yeah, same question. What are you looking yeah, forward to? Yeah, I mean – uh, same thing. We both uh, personally, I, we were, I was a little bit mediocre. The team, we could do better. So it's it's going to be exciting to to get back out there and try to climb up the rankings. Tell us about. Oh, sorry, Dan. Go I was say, what's it like to be interviewed? <laughs> I mean, I've had I've had some experience, but it's it's a little. You've had a lot of camera time. This is not a lot deal. of camera time. I'm not going to lie, but get used microphone to it. time. Get yeah, used hopefully, to it, hopefully, hopefully yeah, it's a good problem. That's a whole different have. part of it. It's one of the great <laughs> things about this place. You get interviewed all the time, but rarely we have a freshman in here. We ask, "Hey, how's this feel?" Yeah, <laughs> this is different. You, you're a veteran, you know. So yeah, like, I don't know about a vet. Go be on TV today. Hey, if, uh, if you're really good, you get invited. So that's that's how it's it always works. good. Right, to be if we don't see you guys again, things didn't really work out. Yeah. Yeah. So we look forward to it. The, the Big Twelve identity in golf is really interesting. So you're not going head to head, our team versus you, right? You're going to tournaments and you're competing. But then at the Big 12 tournament, obviously it's that. But you mentioned, hey, we got some big tournaments. We're a Big 12 team now. Yeah. How would you describe kind of being a Big 12 program now in men's golf? Well, so the tournament schedule didn't change a whole lot from last year. We had a Big 12 match play tournament in the fall, which was really cool because that you do go head-to-head against the team. So you did get to know them We did do that match play thing. You're playing against one guy, and you're trying to beat him. So that was cool. Like seeing the Big 12 is uh, like a power conference right now in golf with you know, some of those teams still hanging on to the Big 12 for, you know, this year. So it's a really strong conference. A lot of the top teams are in it. Um, but, yeah, the conference championship is going to be really cool. A lot of the best players in the nation and a lot of the best teams in the nation. So we got some big tournaments to hopefully 
you prove ourselves that we can hang with them, and then in conference championship, I mean, our goal is always to win. So it might be big expectations, but that's what we want. So. Hey, growing up, I was on my brother's team my whole life. It's awesome. Enjoy this moment together. Yeah, it's good. If it's just a year, make it the best year ever for the Jones boys. That's what, what we're planning on. So good. far, so good. Yeah. We appreciate the time. Thanks for coming in, Zach yeah. and Cooper. Appreciate you having us. Thanks okay. for having us. Okay, BYU Golf, January 29th and 30th in Tucson, Arizona. Check them out. In a Programming weeks. notes, BYU star Lauren Gustin going to break the school's all-time rebounding record on Saturday with just four more rebounds. You can watch history being made as BYU hosts Texas Tech. Kristen Kozlowski and I will be on the call at 6 Eastern on ESPN+. Jason Shepard will describe the moment on BYU Radio. Coming up, who gets today's rise and shout-out and the prestigious elite voice of the day. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation's on demand. Download the free BYU TV and BYU radio apps or listen to the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and please review. Every time I talk to anyone from either golf team, I'm like, oh, I want to get out and play. That's not happening. There's a coolness about golfers and Cool customers. You know, it's outdoors, warm stuff. Yep. Even though they are playing indoors. Yeah. The the beach volleyball place. There you go. Our question of the day. What is your most blue-goggled take about BYU basketball right now? Our elite voice of the day is presented by PAX Healthcare Elevated. Roberts underscore MN on X. That the Cougars finally hand off that mantle of most appearances in the NCAA tournament without a trip to the Final Four to Xavier. He'd like to see us move on. BYU has that, which is like a testament to making the tourney, but also you never had that one deep run. One day it's going to happen, Dave. I know. And that's not blue-goggled. That one day. It just has to. It will happen. That it's happening this year, that feels a little blue-goggled. But if you, if you have, like, a Jimmer Fredette-ish, uh, Danny Ainge-ish guy, you know, anything is possible. But this team is really good, Dave. Who knows what um, they can figure out at some point. And if FAU and San Diego State make a run, why not BYU? It's like hitting a hole-in-one. You play golf long enough, your chances have to improve. Which is and a, then one day. Which is a transition to the, today's Rise and Shout-Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Mike Weir, 2003 Masters champ, BYU ex-golfer. PGA Tour tweeting out this. What are the odds? Mike Weir, this is in uh, Hualalai, Hawaii at the Mitsubishi Electric Champ. Look at that wind. Hole in one in that kind of wind. Wind aided, but who cares, Dave? That's amazing. That's when, look at the celebration. That's when Hawaii is not paradise when there's 90 <laughs> mile an hour winds. Hey. But a hole in one, how about that? And he can't even get the ball out. It's so windy. Look out. <laughs> but thanks to today's guests, Greg Rubel, Cooper, and Zach Jones. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7. Yeah, you got it, Mike. Congrats on X, Instagram, and Facebook. This and all our shows are on demand at BYUSN.com. For Dave, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Andrea Willis. Go Cougs!